Welcome to Clean Air for All by Yuhu. It's a podcast from Yuhu about creating a healthy home and life with good indoor air quality. Each month, we will speak with experts and share helpful information and insights about anything and everything that concerns the air we breathe and how we can protect the health and safety of our homes and families while we stay indoors. From understanding indoor pollutants, the benefits of ventilation, the importance of continuous air quality monitoring to new technologies and more. And today I have the great pleasure of introducing our guest, Teresa Fortin Barnes, in short, T. She's a household toxin specialist and founder of Green Living Gurus and Tea's Organics. She also hosts her own podcast, a show called Green Living with Tea. She's a passionate advocate for toxin-free living. She lives her mission to help as many people as possible to avoid chemicals that are causing cancer and other illnesses. She graduated from Itaka College with a degree in management, minor in health studies. Through Green Living Gurus and Teas Organics, she advises people about the harmful toxins that lurk in their everyday living environments and recommends alternative products that are not only safer, but healthier for their family, pets, and the earth. That's great. And that's excellent. I'm really looking forward to hear from T herself about her background. And I'll introduce briefly this month's topic. We'll be discussing what it takes to create a healthy and non-toxic home. While it may seem overwhelming and worrisome to think about it, the truth is our modern lives can actually be filled with products that are harmful to our health and our safety family, ourselves, many everyday items contain toxic chemicals that can have harmful health effects. We bring toxics into our homes and inhale them for our consumer activities and exposure. We are exposed to them every day from phthalates in synergetic fragrances to noxious fumes in oven cleaners. In the United States alone, over 84,000 chemicals are sold, of which 15,000 are used in high volume. Only 200 of these have actually been tested for safety and only five have been banned due to toxicity. The average U.S. household contains about 62 toxic chemicals. According to research, ingredients in common household products have as well been linked to asthma, cancer, reproductive disorder, hormone disruption, and neuro toxicity. So a lot to cover today, T, and uh, welcome to the show. Maybe you can start off with sharing a little bit about your background and what actually brought you into this subject matter. Yes, yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I am in Buffalo, New York, which is where I grew up and uh, was raised here. I am 59 now. So I grew up in the 60s and 70s when everything was about fast foods and cleaning with chemicals and making things shiny and making things better in your home, supposedly. And my mother was way ahead of her time because we shopped at a little co-op called the Lexington Co-op. She worked there, all organic food, farmers markets, and we all had to clean on Saturdays and no chemicals were coming in our house. It was just vinegar, water, and soap. And even scrubbing the toilets was with baking soda, which you can still do today. So that's how I grew up. That's how I knew life to be. And as I started getting a little bit older, I realized that we were kind of not the normal ones. We were the abnormal ones. 
uh, I was called the granola head at home. And because people just, why are they not going to Burger King and McDonald's like everybody else is or pizza? And we came home from school and we had fresh fruit on the table or hummus or fresh food that she would make all from scratch. And then I started realizing like, God, all this other stuff is so unhealthy. And when I went to college in central New York state, I had a major in business and a minor in health. And I was on a mission to open up a big supermarket so everybody could see how wonderful all this stuff that was available to us in these little health food stores instead of all these chemicals and all these fast foods and TV dinners, right? I wanted to open up this big supermarket that everybody knows now as Whole Foods, but I had nothing to do with Whole Foods, unfortunately. I came out as a party planner, which I was planning parties in high school. My parents did not know that, but I was at their house and in college. And the party planning business in the United States was just beginning. So I've been planning parties and weddings and festivals for 37 years. But through those 37 years, I have been helping people on the side, just how to help them detox their homes, getting them to realize what is out there. It was a word battle for all the years. I mean, the amount of looks I got on faces, like, what do you mean you're eating organic milk? I'll never forget the person that said that to me. But And then why you're not cleaning with Clorox and 409? Well, it was a battle. And I only fought it as hard as I possibly could, you know, because I was doing this on the side. And then cancer patients started coming to me uh, to help them realize where these potential carcinogens are entering their home. So I did that until 2020. And just prior to the pandemic, I said, you know, I'm 57. I want to do what I set out to do in my life. And that was to help people live a healthier, cleaner, greener life. And that's where I'm today, two years later, pandemic hit. My event planning business is no longer because there are no more events. I mean, it's slowly coming back, but I concentrated on that for two years. So that's where I am, just so you understand where I'm coming from with all of this. And then I created a product line that you mentioned, Tease Organics. And so here I am now helping people uh, full time. Wow, amazing. That's a incredible story and maybe you were ahead of your time in those days and then thinking about all the parties and events that you've organized just on that side topic might be of interest to our listeners as well how did you actually make that happen in an eco-conscious non-toxic manner i mean were you able to convince your clients to get away with uh, not using balloons or whatever else that that might not be the most sustainable solutions Well, that was a battle too, of course, all the time. I tried my hardest. I was a one-man band per se because I'd be the one after the event, don't throw any food away, we're taking it to the homeless. I would deliver it myself. You know, Now they have businesses that'll come and get the food. Uh, recycling was a big thing for me. Definitely uh, no balloons. You know, there were some clients that I cringed and they fought me on it. Um, but it just, you know, it's their money. It's their event. So, but yes, I help as much as possible. Fundraising, when I do fundraisers, I try to get them to not just donate to the cancer uh, society for um, research, but let's donate to something that will help prevent cancer. And so I got some of my clients to think that way as well, because everybody wants to raise money for prevention, but not a lot of people are looking at it as, I mean, for research, but not a lot of people are looking to raise money for prevention. 
So I'm all about prevention, not just cancer, you know, all illnesses. That That is great. I love that approach. And it was really given to you by the style that your mother had already in those days to really focus on the natural and, and the healthy style of life, food and everything else that you guys uh, did. Amazing. Now, looking at your customers and their experience, particularly maybe starting off with cancer itself, which is, you know, I sometimes think, hey, 100, 200 years ago, how many people actually had cancer? I don't know whether there are exact statistics, but I guess very few because the gigantic number of chemicals, synthetic chemicals that humanity has developed, nature would have never come up with them because they have no purpose in the natural system. I mean, what's your experience with practically helping cancer patients? And do you have a, an answer on that question 100, 200 years ago? Were there many people with cancer or has it only come recently with us humans having those uh, nasty chemicals everywhere? Well, my understanding is we all have cancer cells in us. What is feeding the cancer is the question. And what is causing those cancer cells to triple and, you know, grow? Um, when I was in college, my mom's sister, who was basically another mother to us, developed ovarian cancer and ultimately died of ovarian cancer. And she used baby powder every single day. And baby powder is now known, the, the talc substances in there is known to cause cancer. And there's lawsuits all over the place with that right now. But that's one of the things when she died and she got cancer, because I didn't know anybody else that had cancer and it blew us away. Like, and she ate, you know, she ate so healthy. How could she get cancer? What did she do? Yes, she had a lot of stress, but, and stress can add to it as well and make it even worse. But that's what got me thinking like, wow. And then for the past, so fast forward for 40 years, like you said, cancer has just become this massive industry. And it is just, I mean, kids, babies getting cancer. Well, I look at one thing and I look at the amount of chemicals that have multiplied with cancer and the amount of chemicals out there. And we're just talking cancer. All the other diseases have multiplied too. And our health, especially in the United States, is just horrible because people are eating poorly. They are using all these products in their homes that are causing causing these illnesses uh, or contributing to them. And all the, you know, the, the amount of chemicals that we as consumers potentially are putting on our body, in our body when we eat, breathing them in in our home is is beyond what anybody can even measure. You could you could you could try and that's what I help people do uh, because once you see what you are using every single day, what you are breathing in your house every single day, eating, and you add up all those chemicals and they're going into your system every single day and not one doctor and not one scientist can tell you Take those 160 chemicals you put on your body every day or in your body. How are they mixing in your body? So nobody even knows that either. So the, the mystery behind these illnesses, specifically cancer, the cure, you know, I look at, let's, let's look at preventing 
cancer. Let's look at preventing these kids from taking in all these chemicals. Let's look at the mothers from preventing them that are delivering these babies that already have these chemicals in their bodies and they test them in umbilical cords. So we got to step back and say, well, let's look at, let's look at the house. What are we doing in our home where we spend 90% of our time? Yeah. I remember one occasion uh, in Malaysia, I met a friend of mine and he said, Oh, sorry, I'm late. I uh, went to a funeral. And I said, uh, oh, sorry to hear that. My condolences she said, yeah, my friend passed away a very young age from nose cancer. And I said, what nose cancer? Wow, that seems to be very like, uh, I haven't heard of that before. What was his profession? And then he said, oh, he was a construction demolition worker. And then I was asking him, did anyone make potentially the link that he's been all his life breathing in chemicals, dust from the construction site, and maybe even, you know, some of those that are already well known as cancerous, like asbestos, which, you know, you can still find here in Southeast Asia, uh, partially unregulated. And, you know, then he said, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But what struck me was he hadn't thought about that link. And it seemed like his family hadn't thought about that link. So, you know, the awareness that there are relationships between exposure and and chemicals and then health impacts and as you said t very difficult to get this all together and and doctors themselves can't really say how it all interacts with one another so what advice would you give the average person when they where can they start in their home to kind of identify what should be prevented to come into their home or kicked out Okay, so there's probably five different areas because I like to touch on all the senses because all of our senses are affected by chemicals. But the three areas that I really focus on are uh, breathing. So what are we breathing in? Because I think that's one of the worst areas. What are we eating? So are you eating the chemicals? And then what are you putting on your skin? But my favorite topic is really what are you breathing? Because our indoor air in the United States and probably around the world pretty much is typically two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air. So people think outdoor air is potentially polluted. Our indoor air is polluted. And that's for a various different reasons. One, a lot of homes, apartments, dwellings are airtight. So especially in the modern world, it was like, Make sure the windows are airtight so no air is getting in. Well, guess what? You need air and you need fresh air. So that is one of the issues. But the biggest issue is all of these chemicals that they are either spraying in their home, that they're burning candles, that they're using in toxic cleaning supplies, laundry detergent, anything perfumed or anything with fragrance. And those are just a general area. So the easiest thing for people to do is really start looking at that area. Now, how do we know there's chemicals in the home? How do we detect them? Well, thankfully for uh, Yoohoo, there we have indoor an indoor air quality monitor, which I am a huge advocate of. 
Uh, let's start with figuring out what is in your home. So when people are sick, they get blood tests, right? The blood test will show them, you know, cholesterol, blah, 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 your food. Well, let's do that with the house. So this is sort of like a blood test for the house when you have an indoor air quality monitor. Let's test it. So because that your breathing is probably one of your most important uh, things that you we have as human beings. We need good, clean air. And so we start with that. Then we look at that and figure it out what what is causing you to have this toxic air in your home. And then we start to go down from every room in the house and figuring out where could these VOCs, where could the formaldehyde be coming from, radon, and figuring out what could be causing you to have this toxic air in your home and then taking it from there. And then we, we start to do the fun stuff get, you know, figured out, let's get your air clean. So you've got to step back. A lot of people like to detox right away. Oh, I want to detox. You can't detox until you figure out where the toxins are coming from. Right. Understanding where we are, what is our current situation, making like a baseline assessment or an audit, whatever else we call it in business terms. And, And you're right. Nowadays, so many buildings, you can't open up the windows properly anymore, especially office environment, even worse than the home environment. Hotels. In, yeah. Now but hotels I, have the, it, it's crazy. Yeah. I used to live in a place in Malaysia and I could only open up the window like two centimeters. And I basically was so suspicious that the air was bad because I couldn't really turn the air over effectively. And I asked my friends, oh, hey, guys, can you get me, recommend me an indoor air quality monitoring service? This was 20 years ago. I mean, we're talking about where we didn't have the beautiful IoT device like Yoohoo already. And it was difficult to find a guy. And that guy that I then found, he told me, hey, why are you doing this? You're the first ever client that is not commercial client. You don't need to do it. There is no law that I have to go into your home. I said, don't worry. I want to do it because I want to know whether I'm killing myself because I'm very suspicious here about the air quality. And then he came in with this big equipment, you know, like 20 years ago, big box and all these devices. He said, okay, because you're my first residential client ever, I'll give you a big discount. But it still cost me like two, three hundred US dollars. Like just the cost, you know, quite significant cost for a one-time measurement. I'll I'll reveal the results in our uh, next podcast where we will we will have to to close anyway this session in about two minutes. So and we will focus next time as well on how can we actually get rid of the pollutants once we identify where they are and what they are. But just as a maybe summary of our first session with UT here, of based on your experience, what are the main sources beside the, the, the things you mentioned earlier, like the perfume and the cleaning chemicals? Are there any other issues that we really need to watch out for in our home? Well, yes. And building materials have become so toxic. Furnishings have synthetic 
They make them a lot with synthetic fabrics. Uh, sometimes they're loaded with fire retardants. Pesticides enter the house. If somebody's spraying their lawn and they're not taking their shoes off, those are all different areas. Construction material. How is the house constructed? What, did, what are they using to flooring? What are they using for drywall? Where is it coming from? These are all things people don't think of. And unfortunately, they add to the quality of your indoor air. Great, great advice. Construction material, even refurbishing the paints that you're using, the glues that you're using. You might put adhesives, you know, tile adhesive. Uh, look for low VOC, zero VOC material. Otherwise, you're going to bring a lot of nasty stuff into your home. So these are the things that we will be looking at in more detail in our uh, next episode. We'll be focusing on how can we then tackle the pollutants once they have come into our home. And I will reveal you how good or bad was my air quality inside of my home in Malaysia 20 years ago when I was the first guy ever to get an indoor air quality monitoring done by this contractor who declared me for crazy because he was normally only working for commercial clients who were required by law to actually do this. So see you all again soon and get ready for our next episode with some of those revelations. Mm -hmm.